Welcome to Grace Capital Church Podcast, broadcasting from our Pembroke campus. Well, today we're on um, week two of this um, series called Do You See What I See? This series really is designed to help us to gain God's perspective on things. And we're going to look at the characters in the Christmas account. By the way, this is not just a, uh, a fairy tale story. This is actually historical accounts of what has taken place the birth of Jesus Christ, the Immaculate Conception, that, that Mary herself was conceived by the Holy Spirit. Not Mary wasn't conceived. Jesus was conceived. Mary was the carrier of Jesus. And um, today, that's who we're going to talk about. We're going to be talking about Mary. The title of this, if you're taking notes, and I really hope you do take notes, because at the end of the day, I want you to leave here saying, um, this is what I need to do. This is how I apply these scriptures. This is what I, this, the, God has spoken to me. I really also pray every single time I speak to you, I pray that I'm a vessel that the, uh, the Holy Spirit works through me, that they're not my words, but hopefully it's God speaking to you. So um, I feel like what I'm sharing with you is important. And so we want to make sure that we just don't check a box and just leave and say, that was great, but that that we have encountered the Lord. So last week we talked about Joseph a little bit, and we, under, we understood that Joseph had to decide whether he was going to have faith or fear, um, because the consequences that were going to be facing him, here he, here he has Mary, who he was betrothed to, he was engaged to her, and she finds herself pregnant. And you think Joseph's consequences were bad? Think about it for Mary. Mary could have easily been stoned back then. Um, remember a little bit later, about probably 25 years later, we, we know about another um, person that was going to be stoned for um, adultery, and Jesus was involved in that circumstance and basically said to the ones who were going to stone uh, the woman, you know, those of you who, who don't, those of you who have no sin in your life, cast the first stone, and they all went away. So the idea that maybe Mary, if Joseph wasn't the father, was she somehow being unfaithful and people could have assumed that. So put yourself in that situation with Mary, that well, how God chose to, to bring his son, Jesus, to this earth, the savior of the world was so unexpected. But it had a lot of consequences, potential consequences. And, but Mary, Mary, Man, she took it like a champ. We're going to learn about that today. So I've titled this message, How to Find Favor with God, and then kind of subtitling it, Becoming a Vessel to Birth a Miracle. How many here would probably say, you know what, I would like to be used by God. I would like to have his favor in my life, and I'm open to becoming a vessel to birth a miracle. Well, I think a lot of it, we're going to learn from Mary's story in this account, and we're going to be in the, the um, Gospel of Luke. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Luke. I'll take a few moments for you to get there, and uh, we're going to go through this together. But what we're going to see is Mary had to have the right perspective and, and be able to receive what this angel Gabriel has spoken to her. And as contrasting between these two accounts in Luke, you have Zechariah, who's married to Elizabeth, who's Mary's cousin, who also experienced a miracle with John the Baptist, Elizabeth and Zechariah. Elizabeth gave birth miraculously to John the Baptist. 
around the same time that Mary also conceived. But what we're going to understand is, is realizing that sometimes that we ourselves maybe have the wrong point of view of ourselves. And it, because of how we view ourselves, it becomes an obstacle for God to use us because we see ourselves wrongly. So this idea of do you see what I see is we need to begin to have a view of how God sees us, our identity in him versus you know, the identity of what either other people have said about you or how you perceive yourself. All right, we're going to go back a few years. You might be in school right now. Anybody who's in school, raise your hand. All right, a few of you guys, and uh, but the rest of us have all been to school, I would assume. So do you remember that time, and maybe they don't do it anymore, but where all of a sudden it's like, they say, okay, line up, we're going to pick teams. Anybody have to do the line up and we're going to pick teams? Anybody raise your hand? Some of you, okay. So either you loved that time or you dreaded that time, right? It's going to be like, oh my word, no, I don't want to do this because am I going to be picked last? Am I going to be picked in the middle? Nobody wants me on their team. And it's like this immediate time of, of all of a sudden is like, oh, am I good or am I not good? Have you had those feelings? Or maybe some of you are the ones who are like, as soon as you heard the words, line up, we're picking teams of resources, you darted the other way because like, I don't want to be a part of that. But many ways that we realize that we have this image of ourselves and it might not be correct. See, God wants to work through our lives, and many times we wrongfully disqualify ourselves because of how we see ourselves. You know, and even before the opportunity to be used by God, we put ourselves on the shelf by saying, God can't use me. Because after all, if he knew this, 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 can I, can I let you in on a little secret? God knows everything. <laughs> so when you say, God, if only you knew, he knows and he still picks you. Can I tell you, God picks you. He thinks the world of you. And he calls you favored ones. You see, but every time we mess up, every time that we fall short or we view ourselves wrongly, we, we somehow disqualify ourselves from being used by God. And I want to encourage you today, I want, I'm telling you what the end of this message is going to be. I want you to leave here today, walking out of these doors saying, guess what? God has picked me and he wants to use me to birth a miracle through me. So let's look at the story and the account of Zechariah a little bit. We're going to start there, and then we're going to talk about Mary. And then we're going to find that there's some qualities that Mary has that made her why God chose her. So let's look at Luke chapter 1, verse 11 through 20, first of all. Luke chapter 1, starting at verse 11. And there appeared to him an angel of the Lord. By the way, the hymn in this part is Zechariah. Zechariah, interestingly enough, is a priest. If you read a little bit uh, earlier, he was actually doing his priestly duties in the temple when this angel appeared to him. Isn't it funny, though? We're going to talk about Zechariah, and he actually didn't believe what the angel was saying. Here's the guy, a priest. He should be believing, right? And there appeared to him an angel of the Lord standing on the right side of the altar of incense. So here's Zechariah in the temple doing his priestly duties. And Zechariah was troubled when he saw him, and fear fell upon him. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah, for your prayer has been heard, and your wife Elizabeth 
will bear you a son, and you shall name him John. Call his name John. And you will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth, for he will be great before the Lord. He must not drink wine or strong drink, and he will fulfill with the Holy Spirit, and he'll be filled with the Holy Spirit, even from his mother's womb. And he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God, and he will go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready for the Lord a people prepared. And Zechariah said to the Lord, how shall I know this? For I'm an old man and my wife is advanced in years. Okay. Here Gabriel shows up to Zechariah while he's doing his priestly duties. And he's obviously, Zechariah's been praying for this, but now Elizabeth, who is probably, she was barren, now old, never had kids. And an angel says, okay, she's going to be pregnant. Zechariah, interestingly enough, you need to understand how he responds. And he said, how shall I know this? Basically says, prove it. See, at that point in time, he didn't believe what this angel was saying. He said, prove it to me. How will I know? Well, unfortunately, we read in verse 20, this is what the response is. Well, let's start in 19. And the angel answered him after he has this disbelief moment. I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God, and I was sent to speak to you and to bring you the good news. And behold, you will be silent and unable to speak until the day that these things take place, because you did not believe my words. Zechariah, who uh, didn't believe, actually then faced some consequences for his disbelief. He actually became deaf and mute until John the Baptist was born. So I only share this story because one, John the Baptist, we know him. He was the forerunner to Jesus. He was the one pointing the way to Jesus. But Zechariah, we're going to contrast him to, to Mary who responded to Gabriel differently. And could it be that when we act in disbelief that it actually plugs our ears and, and stops us up from receiving the miracle that God wants to do through our lives? Well, let's talk about Mary for a moment. So Mary, let's put it in perspective. Mary probably felt like she was the most unlikely person to have this visitation from the angel. After all, Mary was poor, most likely. She was probably the age of 12 to 14. Imagine this, young people. A little teenager, not even a teenager if she was 12. And uh, she gets this news. So let's look at this in verse 26. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth. So Mary was from Nazareth. To a virgin betrothed, so to a woman who's never been with a guy, who's just engaged, to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, which by the way, interestingly enough, Mary wasn't even of the house of David. Joseph was. So unlikely, right? Mary, why would God choose Mary? And the virgin's name was Mary, and he came to her and said, greetings, O favored one. 
Can we all say favored one? Favorite. Greetings, O favored one. The Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. Okay, different than Zachariah. She didn't completely have disbelief. She was trying to discern, and I think, I'm reading between the lines, and this is not in Scripture, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if she was like, why me? Why me? Don't, don't you know who I am? I'm just this poor little teenage girl. God has favored with me. He, has, he's, he's, he sent an angel to me? Why me? And I want to let you know that sometimes we, we get to that place in life where we kind of say, why me, God? You get this stirring, right, that you feel like God is saying something, but we kind of start saying, why me? And there's two ways we can go on there. We can go the Zachariah way, where it's like, prove it, and then the disbelief kind of stops our ears, and, you know, there's, there's a negative effect, or Mary, who later then responds in this way. But let's keep reading. And the angel, in verse 30, and the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God, and behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and he will be called the son of the most high and the Lord will give to him the throne of his father David and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever and his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to this angel, how will this be since I'm a virgin? In other words, like, okay, I don't really understand this because I've never been with anybody. And the angel answered her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child will be born. Will, uh, therefore, the child to be born will be called holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son and this is the sixth month with her child who is called barren for nothing will be impossible with god and mary said behold i am a servant of the lord let it be to me according to your word and the angel departed from her oh i love this part if there's anything that I would want you to just kind of like linger on for a few moments is this part of the scripture right here where Mary's response, she's unsure, why did you pick me? How can this happen? It's not prove it, she's more pondering, like I'm a little confused. This is like big news. Remember like what we said last, last week with Joseph. This had never happened historically before that all of a sudden a woman miraculously got pregnant by not a guy and a girl coming together. It's immaculate conception, right? And yet Mary, there's some quality in Mary that said this. Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. Could we come to that place where we would say to God, I don't really understand. I'm getting this stirring. I'm getting this feeling. But God, I just want to be a servant of yours. 
If you want to birth a miracle through me, if you want to use me, I can't use my, my preconceived notions of who I am. I can't even say the way people have said things to me or I can't even allow my pride. If I think I'm all that, whatever, I'm too good for that. Or God, if you cho- you're choosing to use me, okay, here I am, I'm just a servant. Would you be able to say that? But if we come to this place of just saying, God picks you, and he has favor with you, then our response just needs to be, okay, God, if you want to use me, I'm just a servant of yours. I don't fully understand, but I would say yes to you. God has picked you, and he's found favor with you. You see, I believe that is universal, that God picks you and finds favor with you, but the difference is our response needs to be like Mary's response versus Zachariah's response. Zachariah, like, prove it. (laughs) And he didn't have this heart of a humble heart that just says, okay, God, if that's what you want to do, here I am. But I think it starts with beginning to see yourself the way that God sees you. Do you see what I see God says? I see a child of mine that I've created to fulfill great purposes here on earth, to be used to build my kingdom. And he's saying, I pick you. And I have favor with you. And you don't have to run away and say, oh man, I I don't want to be like school line. And all of a sudden I'll standing here and it's like, oh, I didn't get picked. Or I'm the last one to get picked. Uh, Man, I must not be very good. God says, you are good. And he's found favor with you. But you see, Zachariah's disbelief became his obstacle, but Mary's belief became her opportunity. See, Zachariah was like, hey, prove it to me, or I I can't believe this. I mean, Elizabeth's been barren. There's no way. Prove it. And Mary then said, you know what? Okay, I'm just a servant. And that humble heart of just saying I'm a servant became her opportunity for God to flow through her. There's a miracle. There are miracles waiting for someone to respond in belief. I just, I love, I love, love, love what I'm hearing around this church these days. There's a family that, um, that are in this church that they lost their child. The child died a few years back. And they probably could have said all the reasons why oh, I can never love a child like this again. The pain's too great and... You know, God, what do we do in the midst that go through all this hardship and put themselves on the shelf to never be used by God? But yet, what did they do? They said, you know what? We're going to become foster parents. And by the way, we're going to tell the foster system, give us the hardest kid that's been bounced around and we'll take them. See, how can that be? How could that be that we've We've got to this place of saying, maybe I'm disqualified. I I can't do this. I've got too much pain. I'm not too sure. Anybody else hear this hum behind me? 
maybe can we make that hum go away for a second? It's just like a constant hum. Maybe, Pastor Richie, you can come up. Can you come up, Pastor Richie? Oh, you're on the keys. Oh, I was just like, I was just like one hum. I was like, okay, John, you can give me more than one hum. There we go. Beautiful. Oh, they tricked me. I was like, where's the hum coming from? See, but that was my disbelief. I should have just thought it was an angel. Gabriel, are you coming? Oh, I was being like Zachariah. That's awful. I got to be like Mary. All right, to the point. See, we're all human. And sometimes we, we do view ourselves wrongly. I want our faith to grow to say all I am I want to just be a servant of God there's another family who's they're leaders in our church and and they've chosen to take a break from leadership in leading a life group this next session why because they're going to spend a night a week to become trained to be foster parents now they've got two beautiful kids and they could be like, we're all set. We got a great life and, you know, a foster kid, you know, that's going to put a lot of extra strain on our family. But yet they believed that God gave them an opportunity to meet a need in this community. And they could have had all the reasons and all the excuses of, I, it's going to cost too much money, my schedule is this, whatever, whatever, whatever. Or who are we as parents to, you know, take on another kid? And But I believe they're posturing themselves like Mary who just said, you know what, I'm, I just want to be a servant of you, God. And, and if you need these kids to be loved and adopted into a family, pick us. And God says, I have picked you. And he's picked all of us. And not every one of you are going to foster kids and not every one of you, but there is something that you can say yes to that God is asking you to be a part of. If you jump down real quick into Mary's song here, and I think there's a, a, a clue in this for, for us in verse 46. It's titled, at least in my Bible, Luke chapter 1, verse 46, Mary's song of praise. And Mary said... My soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. For he has looked on this humble estate, his servant. For behold, from now on all generations will, be call, will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me and holy is his name. She first understands who God is. He's magnificent. He's good. She then comes to the place of saying, for he has looked on me and she self-identifies that God has picked her. But she says, I'm just a humble servant. But interestingly enough, she also knows in her humility that she will be forever remembered as the one who carried and birthed Jesus Christ. There's a story to be written in every single one of your lives that's just being waited to be told and unfolded, but yet we have to say, yes, pick me. I'm just a humble servant. Let me not be like Zachariah. Prove it to me. You want to use me, God? Prove it. You want to do a miracle? Prove it. 
Instead, Mary, who had all the reasons to say, I'm disqualified, just said, okay, God, here I am. Let it be. I love this, though. There's another version that says this. In Luke chapter 1, verse 38. Actually, yeah, 138. In this New Living Translation, it says, when God shows up with an opportunity, will you say, and this is what Mary said. So an opportunity presented her to her through an angel. And this is what it says, Mary's response, may everything that you have said about me come true. It's, it's interesting, that twist of everything that you've said about me come true. She needed to have God's perspective on her life. And this is not transactional. In other words, hey, I'm just a vessel to be used by God and, and this mysterious thing happens here and all of a sudden God used me as a vessel to get his work done. But what I love about this verse is, may everything that you have said about me come true, which is this is a relational thing. He's whispering, he's speaking to us and he's like, I want to use you. Would you say yes to me? But there's something in this also about identity, which he says, I'm picking you. God picks you and he calls you favored. If you're going to leave here today, I want you to leave here with this thought that God picks you and he calls you favored. Would you just whisper to yourself, close your eyes for a moment and just say, God picks me and he has favor on me. God picks me and he has favor on me. And her only response needs to be, says, here I am. I'm just a humble servant. Let it be to me as you have said it to be. I'm here. Use me. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for speaking to us this morning. Through your holy scriptures, through our Advent reading of a reminder that you are the light of the world, through our worship of you this morning, through our hearts of opportunity to this giving catalog that allows us to respond to these opportunities, because we can have all the reasons of why we can't give this year, but maybe we could just say, pick me. Here I am, your humble servant. I want to be used by you. Lord Jesus, as we move into not only this Christmas season of opportunities to inviting people to our events to, so they can know you, Lord Jesus, but Father, let our lives be vessels for you. That Father, in this Christmas season, that we would even allow miracles to be birthed through us. God, that, that we, we know that your favor is on us, but let us respond with humility and as a servant and with belief. Lord, I'm mindful there might be some here today that don't know you, don't have a relationship with you, have wandered away from you, and Lord, I want to give an opportunity for people to, to say yes to you, Jesus, to be the Savior of their life, that they may really celebrate this meaning of Christmas, which is you came 
Emmanuel, God with us, to know that Jesus, through Jesus, we have a relationship with our Father who wants to have favor on us. If there's anybody here who doesn't know Jesus and who wants to accept him today, we're going to say the prayer that like I said some, I don't know, 20, 25 years ago, Lord Jesus, I just want you in my life. Please forgive me for my, my past mistakes for trying to live my life on my own and I receive you, Jesus, as my Lord and Savior. Thank you for going to the cross for my sin and three days later, Lord Jesus, you, you were, you overcame death and you came back to life and you conquered death and sin and that you showed that you were the Savior. I accept you into my life and that's the prayer I prayed and, and if that's you and you want to receive Jesus, would you just slip up your hand so I can acknowledge that today is going to be your day of salvation? Anybody here, slip up your hand. Keep your hand up until I can see it. All right, thank you. I see your hand. The scripture says that when one, just one, comes to Christ, that all of heaven rejoices. And so we rejoice with those who have raised their hands today. And for those of you who raised the hand, you, you've prayed that prayer. So just pray it again. Everybody's a great reminder. Jesus, you are the Lord of our lives. I ask you to come into our life. We, we ask that you would forgive us from our sins. We want to follow you, Jesus, not our own way. We accept what you've done on the cross for us, Lord Jesus, and we repent, meaning we're going to go the opposite direction. We're going to follow you instead of following the world. Jesus, thank you for doing everything that you said you would do. Come, you came back to life to prove that you are who you say you are. Jesus, we love you. And everybody said, amen. If those our prayer team want to come up forward at this time, if you need prayer today, we want to be able to pray for you. If you need ministry, we'd love to allow the Spirit of God to minister to you through our elders and our prayer team. I just want to say thank you for being open to allow the Lord to work through you. That he does pick you, and you are favored. Our only response is, here I am, your humble servant. Have a great week. Thank you for listening to the Grace Capital Church podcast. If you'd like to know more about this podcast and the mission that we have in New England, or if this podcast has been a blessing to you and you would like to support this ministry financially, please visit us online at gccnh.com 